Here the old gods are dead. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Nessie? You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? Hey, uh, this is a Creepy Wee Podcast. I'm Rebecca with Liam. Hello. How are you, Liam? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I've just had a birthday. I've been a bit rough all week. <laughs> As you should. What are you now, like 40? Yeah. Oh, you've earned it. <laughs> the big you've earned it. <laughs> um, what what all did you get up to for your birthday? Uh, I went to Edinburgh. I was meant to go to the castle because I've never actually been inside the castle and my girlfriend was quite shocked about that. So she was like, she had booked us into Edinburgh Castle like the day after my birthday. But I ain't got too drunk. Wait, you've never before. been before? No, I've never Actually, been. I I've, never, I've been. I've been like outside <laughs> there and I've like walked like along and I've been on a tour that was yeah, like me too. at the like front door basically, but I've never been like inside Edinburgh Castle and uh, my girlfriend was like, oh no, like we should like should totally go and I was like quite excited and she booked it and then like the day after my birthday, like we were both like bones hurt and rough. Um, like really hungover <laughs> and we were like in a like spudgy like or something. Like in Prince's Mall, and uh, we were just like, "No, we'll reschedule it and we'll go him." <laughs> <laughs> and then we slept. Wait, was day. it? So, so you didn't end up going? I didn't end up going. I'm going next weekend. Uh, if I get any inspiration, I'll let you can. <laughs> yeah, well, for my week, it's been a lot less interesting than yours. I'm in my exam period, and also I am. In quarantine again, obviously, quarantine at Aguilera. Um, so literally all I've been doing is, like, listening to Lana Del Rey and, like, crying, which I think is very, like, feminized and very, like, beautiful of me to do. But I, can, I can't I can stop thinking about how Lana Del Rey supports Celtic and used to live in Glasgow. See our, um, our ex-boyfriend, Barry, who's fake Glasgow, and is the reason yeah. why she ever wore a Celtic shirt in the first place he Queen. he's on her new album I didn't ken that because I haven't listened to it because I've not been quite depressed it's enough. so good no I have so much time to talk about this album <laughs> it's so good like people don't get it but I get it and like I get her and I understand her and other people don't get her the same way I do but like there's just something beautiful about her her voice has changed into just like a wailing woman like yeah. Lana Del Rey is the banshee of Scottish music like 
well, Scottish music. <laughs> not Scottish music. Um, but like just music in general. And I'm obsessed with it. Barry released an album like in November and she's on a song. Because that's, that's how I went to listen to Blue mm. Bannisters. I was like, oh my God, Lana's on Wanny Barry's songs. And then like, uh, I think the one that's on Blue Bannisters, they wrote when they were together, like in like 2013 or whatever. And uh, they re-recorded it for Blue Bannisters, which I thought was quite nice that she was on his album too. Good to see that. Which one was it? Is it Give You All My Money? No, that's the guy from, what do you call it, isn't it? She did a cover a um, Summer Wine with Barry. I love how we've turned into like a pop culture... Uh, <laughs> pop culture podcast. Yep. But, like, sometimes you need to talk about Lana Del Rey. She's a very important figure in yeah. culture. Um, do you remember that headline? Well, it is Scottish related because, like, do you remember that headline? And it was like about how she just went into like a co-op in Shawlands and just was like buying morning rolls. <laughs> like, I don't know why I find it so funny, but imagine like you were in work and Lana Del Rey just came up like wanting to buy like four rolls. Like that would be. <laughs> That would be life-changing. Can you know, remember in 2015 there was a video of um, Justin Bieber sitting on a wall in Ken Ross? And this boy, <laughs> this boy I, I have mutual friends with this guy because he's 55, and uh, he drives he's up to him and goes, what's happening, bieber son? And then Justin Bieber just, like, <laughs> looks down at him and, like, then the guy drives away and that's it. But Justin Bieber <laughs> looks at him going, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> I still say that. <laughs> What's happening, Beaver Slap? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that the... is going to be inserted into my regular language, and I hate that for me. <laughs> <laughs> like the big, like the thickest Spike accent ever. And Justin Bieber, um, like, and that's literally. You saying that, so you I, know it's bad. Justin Bieber just looks at him like, what the fuck? Like, literally, like, scrunches his face up, like, ooh. <laughs> and then just, he's just what like, he must be high or something, because he's just like, he's sitting on a wall that, like, looks out onto him, um, well, even. <laughs> And he's just like vibing because he's obviously burst, and then this guy just comes and harasses him. I would anybody go and Google, like go to YouTube and put in like Justin Bieber Ken Ross and see what comes up because it's really funny. Honestly, if a man from Fife yelled at me out of his car, I think I'd have like a stroke. I'd throw up and I'd cry. Justin so... handled it very well. Yeah, like I wouldn't have just curled up my nose. I would have cried. <laughs> no offense to men from Fife, but also full offense to men from Fife. Um, speaking of Scottish icons and Scottish moments and pop culture, this episode, by the title you should have guessed, is about Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. What a segue. What, what a segue. Gonna... We're getting so much better at this. <laughs> <laughs> that was professional as fuck. Well. That was so good. Uh, if anybody new listeners are here, because we had a wee bit of a moment like in the last couple of weeks, if any new listeners are here and haven't listened to like our first couple of episodes, we've gotten a lot better. <laughs> Like you yeah, came at you came at the right time. <laughs> I mean, the second one I enjoy. Yeah, the first the, one's the so first, bad. The first, the audio quality. Yeah. Although my interview with Kara, my interview with Kara, she kept touching the desk, and then the audio quality for was that was also bad. But the the first episode, like every day, I wake up and I think about deleting it. <laughs> Because you know, it, like it. yeah, but I'm it's a girl cute. boss, Liam. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so are we ready to talk about the Loch Ness monster? I'm always ready to talk about the Loch Ness monster legend. Well, if any people feel like like knowing the Highlands or like say other countries, 
don't know, Loch Ness is a freshwater loch that's about like 20-ish miles away from Inverness. Is that right, Liam? Um, yeah, yeah, you can get there in a car in like 20 minutes. So it's yeah. Okay. So it's named after the River Ness, which flows through its northern end. And the river's name is said to derive from the old Celtic word meaning roaring one. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, nice. I, I googled like Loch Ness etymology. I do that for every episode that we do. I'm like, right, let's get on my Susie Dent shit. I was literally going to say, you're a Susie Dent. <laughs> so anyway, a bit that professionalism. The surface area of Loch Ness is the second largest in Scotland. Just after, do you know which loch is the biggest, Liam? I thought Loch Ness was the biggest. It's not by surface area. Oh, Lomond? Loch Lomond, yeah. It is, oh. it, I, I think Loch Lomond is still the biggest loch in Scotland as well. I thought Loch Ness was the biggest by volume. It is. No, wait, it can't be. It can't be because... It, so it's 27 miles in length, and then it's also Scotland's second deepest lock, a 230 metres at its lowest point, but there's a lot of sea caverns and stuff in Loch Ness. I was about so to say there's a lot of caves. Yeah, yeah, a lot of caves and stuff, so that may be true. It may hold the most water. Do caves count as still the lock itself? They must. Well, for some perspective, 230 metres is its lowest point, so basically you could put two big bends on top of each other, and they still wouldn't touch the surface. Do it. So it would take like about two and a half big bends for like the tip to come like out of the water. The soil surrounding the lock is really peaty. Meaning that the water it's really in, what? It, peaty. <laughs> Peat heavy soil on the banks of the lock. So it means that the water's very, very murky. Like obviously That's this true. place is very popular for folk to send in like diving equipment to look for the monster and stuff and it's very difficult to see which obviously like makes room for a lot of more rumours to like start if you google like videos of like Loch Ness Monster found like it's just like really low quality blurry videos you're like I love it something coming past and you're like ooh maybe it could be Um, but obviously cause of this like really heavy soil uh, making the water like mucky and the sea caverns and also Loch Ness is part of like several interconnected locks which gives way for like many other like sea locks around the world for rumours a cryptozoological monsters to be living there uh, and we call ours very affectionately Nessie. Sightings in Nessie go way back to 565 and legends have been shared amongst locals since like forever basically uh, but in the late 1800s to the 1930s Nessie went through a bit of a boom and she really started to make a name for herself. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of her the, reputation era. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> one of the like first sightings in the late eighteen hundreds was in eighteen seventy one by a gentleman who who goes by D. Mackenzie Thibal Lane, which is one of the villages like near Loch Ness. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, yeah, Balmain. Yeah. Yeah. Very hard to fuck that up. Balman. <laughs> Balman. <laughs> yeah. So this gentleman claimed to have seen an object that looked like a log or a capsized rowing boat in the water that was wriggling and churning up water. Uh, he moved like, it apparently moved slowly at first before disappearing at a faster speed. But this account wasn't published until 1934 when Mackenzie sent his story to Rupert Gould, who was a cryptozoologist who was, like, really, like, the big Nessie hunter at that point. What's a cryptozoologist? Is that, like, someone who's trying to find, like... Yeah, it's, like, people who try to find, like, Bigfoot and Nessie and, like, other... Uh... It's not a real profession, I will say. 
like, it's, I don't think you can like go to uni and study cryptozoology. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, there is. Like, I mean, we're at a point now though where like you could do it as a profession. Yeah, you could. Like, there is like there's um, definitely reality TV shows. Yeah, yeah, and also there is a wee gentleman who lives on Doors Beach in a little research hut, just looking for Nessie all the time. Do you know? Have you seen this? Yeah. Wait, is that the same guy that makes the little like? Yeah, the ceramic like. like Nessies. Go As check. It, go check he's... him out. <laughs> he sells little Wait, ceramic Nessies. To... Go Google. Like, okay, we'll take a pause. Google his website. Does he have a website? Yeah, he does have a website, and it looks exactly what you think it would look like. <laughs> um, oh, I know exactly what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> like dark screen, white writing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a website to kind of look like that. <laughs> yeah, like um, that scene in Twilight. Yeah, yeah. Our website yeah. does kind of look like that. That was very heavily inspired yeah. by that scene. In <laughs> <laughs> he was on this morning, not that long ago. NessieHunter.co.uk. Yeah, I think, it's, it? I think that's... NessieHunter.co.uk. <laughs> 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 Everyone go to NessieHunter.co.uk. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then if you go shop, he's got like wee... Oh, my God. They're cute, eh? Oh, yeah. They're quite I used to ex- have one, but it broke. They're quite expensive. Anyway, so Dee McKenzie um, sends his report away to us, a cryptozoologist in the 30s, which is when Nessie's gone through her boom period. The fact that he waited to do this for so long makes me think that he was just trying to get on on the action, but he never said his first name, so like that actually lends some credit for me. Like I might believe him. Yeah. In the 30s, the first article to gain a- attention for, about the monster was published on the 2nd of May 1933 in the Inverness Courier. It was a woman called Aldi Mackay who had seen the monster when she was like driving past with her husband. She's seen a large creature with the body of a whale rolling in the water. So she says that the creature disported itself, rolling and plunging for fully a minute, its body resembling that of a whale and the water cascading and churning like a simmering cauldron. Soon, however, it disappeared in a boiling mass of foam. Both onlookers confessed that they were there was something uncanny about the whole thing. Yeah, like something uncanny about like Loch Ness boiling over because there's a weird whale looking thing on it. And they're like, yes. Yeah, like cold. there was something there was something funny about that. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were empaths. They yeah. were uh, they saw Loch Ness boiling. And they were like, hmm, "This isn't right. Things not quite right." <laughs> <laughs> they they realized here was no ordinary denizen of the depths because apart from the, its enormous size, the beast in taking its final plunge sent out waves that were big enough to have co- been caused by a passing steamer. So, big, big monster. Um, Aldi was interviewed again in the 80s and said that she had known a local story surrounding the monster before she made her claim. But this is the first, like, official documented claim. But, like, she she's a local, so she would kind of, like, word-of-mouth kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. After Aldi's article gained att- public attention, interest in Nessie really began to pick up. And another famous sighting was reported in 1933, and this is where the depiction of her that we like kind of can the day, like with the humped neck and like wee green feet kind of thing. Yeah, That's where this comes from. And again, this was published in the Inverness Courier. So at this point, I think it's a possible theory that Nessie was created by the Inverness Courier in order to sell papers. You could say that. You or could you say could that. Believe in her. <laughs> yeah, I do believe in her. I really do believe in her. But like, can uh, devil's advocate? <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate. I like to see every side of the story. Um, I would. I would also say that um, the Inverness Courier owe Nessie their life, and they were royalties at this point. 
Yeah, they should forfeit all mortal possessions to her. Aldi's article got re-released, and that's, like, what I'm using, like... Well, Aldi's article got reprinted, and, like, all other kind of famous articles about her got reprinted in, like, the 2010s at some point, and that was my main source. Yeah, like, every time they have, like, a paper shortage, they're like, hmm, maybe we should say Nessie's alive again. (laughs) So, in 1933, George Spicer and his wife saw a most extraordinary form of animal crossed the road in front of their car. They described the creature as having a large body about four feet high and as long as 10 to 12 feet in the width of the road. It was probably about three to four metres, they're saying. They saw no limbs and it lurched across the road towards the lock, leaving a trail of broken undergrowth. And Spicer described it as having the nearest approach to a dragon or prehistoric animal that I have ever seen in my life and as having a long neck which moved up and down in the manner of a scenic railway. And in my notes, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? But I think it means like, (laughs) uh, I think it means like, kind of like when you're a child and you draw a railway and it's kind of got like bumps in it. I think that's what it means. I think they're talking Uh... about it in a humpback. Because I was like, right, um, this sounds like an English essay, but okay, I guess it's the 1930s. Yeah, everyone was a poet. Uh, A lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it had an animal in its mouth, apparently, and a body that was fairly big with a high back, but if there were any feet, they must have been webbed. <laughs> and as for a tail, I cannot say, as it moves so rapidly. <laughs> and when we got to the spot, it had probably disappeared into the lock by then. This sighting then sparked several more, and it actually coined the name The Loch Ness Monster in the Inverness, Inverness Courier, which I think is quite iconic. Wait, that is quite iconic. But she's not a monster. She no. she's a creature. Like she's no. she's she's a being. She yeah. is. This episode is going to be called the Loch Ness Monster, though, because clickbait. It sells. <laughs> that sells. <laughs> it, it does sell. We're taking like. I'll compromise my beliefs for <laughs> money, and that's true. I've always said that. <laughs> so it is also said that in 1933, this is like when things really do pick up. That is when the road around Loch Ness was properly completed. So you could drive all the way around the big twisty windy road around Loch Ness and like I think a lot of a lot more traffic was like coming into the highlands at that point. So Yeah. Could be said that that's why uh, sightings increased. I'm not gonna go through like every single sighting because there's hundreds. Um I think hundreds. every single every single person in Scotland probably has one. But I am gonna talk about the surgeon's photograph, which is like Love. the most iconic Camp picture. Classic. Yeah. Camp classic. The Glock Ness monster. Um, so <laughs> the surgeon's photograph is from 1934 so like obviously a very busy period for an essay um, yeah she was booked and busy the doll yeah. was the doll was getting paid it was it was a moment uh, so this picture was taken by Robert Kenneth Wilson a gynaecologist for London who initially didn't want his name to be associated with the picture which is why we know it just as the surgeon's photograph because that's how it was printed in the mail Mm -hmm. according to Wilson he was looking at the lock when he saw the monster and grabbed his camera and snapped four photos only two exposures came out clearly the first one shows a small head and a back and then the second shows a similar head but gone into a diving position although the second picture's quite blurry, so it was only the first one that really gained attention and stuck. He takes the film, he takes the film plates to Augustin's, a chemist at the time in Inverness, and has them developed, and then immediately sells the first picture to the Daily Mail. Anyways. Um, okay. So. <laughs> uh, wow, that was a choice. But yeah, yeah. They announced that the monster had finally been photographed, and this photo was considered to be legit evidence for a really long time, although it did come under scrutiny as soon as it was 
uh, released because if you see the if you go into like Wikipedia or whatever it is the image that comes up and it's like quite zoomed in you can tell but if you look at the original the waves are in what is Nessie are, are like quite small like she looks tiny in the water basically like you can you can, like in, in the yeah. one where it's like zoomed in the one that got sold to the mail it's like oh that does look quite big but if you see it in the water on its on the original it's teeny teeny tiny and I'll tell you why <laughs> so in 1995 the details of the photograph's hoax were brought to light in a book called The Surgeon's Photograph The Hoax Revealed or sang cheesy like that Ugh. The real story is that Robert Kenneth Wilson was on a hunting trip with his friend Maurice Chambers in 1934 uh, and then after the death of Maurice his personal papers revealed that the photograph had been a hoax by a group of conspirators who were also on this trip so the photo had been taken by Marmaduke Witherall, a big game hunter and filmmaker, and he the had dog. yeah he had been in a he had been in hot water the year before that I think because as like there was this Nessie boom gone on he had um, taken pictures of like what he said were the monster's footprints and it turned out that it had been an umbrella that he had that had like a hippo's foot on it. Um, so like <laughs> he like wasn't considered like credible in being involved in this story, so that's why yeah. it's Robert Kenneth Wilson who's at the front. So Marmaduke Witherall went to Willie's, uh, Woolworths in Inverness, I assume, or he maybe did it in England where he's he was living yeah. and bought this toy submarine. It had been altered with plastic and wood by a sculptor called Christian Sperling, who was an artist. Uh, yeah, and he corroborated this story in 1993 that he was involved in that he made the wee Nessie that's <laughs> in the picture. So uh, they take the toy submarine down into the water and then they snap pictures. Uh, Wilson had actually been selected by the group as the front man because he enjoyed a practical joke, but it was his status as a physician that made him very like a reliable source because it isn't as if Marmaduke Witherall could have done it because he was already caught the last time they did this. <laughs> So why is this like some sort of elaborate like jackass nineteen fifty four prank? Like I <laughs> genuinely, genuinely would really enjoy a film about this. Yeah, this like, is like the original like influencer house or something. Like that's uh, insane. <laughs> like they're all Boys like they're all like rich guys for like South Africa and uh, Madagascar and stuff. I'm pretty sure they were all like for the British colonies, uh, and they were oh, quite like okay. socially kind of people, but. Uh, it would be fun to see like that in a short film, I would say. Um, that, yeah. So even still, like, even though this was a hoax, plenty of sightings have been made in SA, like, year on year. The Locks has several naturalists and scientists who are dedicated to finding physical and scientific evidence in SA, like the guy who lives on Doors Beach, <laughs> like, year round. Okay. They dedicate their life to this, and then... Like every year, you still get like people who catch her, like on a video. I think there was one not that long ago. There was a picture of like what looked like the humps, like a monster just coming out of the water. But honestly, it pisses me off in this day and age that it's always a picture, it's never a video. I'm like, it's just as quick to get your phone out and take a video. Like, yeah, it's easier because then you don't have to like focus it, and then that's why they're always blurry because you're like, oh my god, hold your hands up quickly, but like just take a video. Yeah, because this. The one that came out, uh, folk are saying like it's a giant eel or something. It does look pretty huge, and if I it, it, it would have took quite a wee while to get through the water. So 
I would have yeah. I would have said that it would have been entirely possible for this gentleman to take a video. But anyway, plenty of sightings are made in Nessie every year, including one by myself. I think Liam's got one too. Um, when I was like younger, apparently, uh, we, I was driving past the lock with my nana and my sister, and I was like maybe like three, and I was in the back of the car, and apparently I said to my nana that I had seen Nessie, and she like one hundred percent believes me because she like thinks that I could do no wrong and tell no lies. But I think the same year I had said that I had seen a unicorn, so. <laughs> I think I'm. You got all I, the Scottish girlies that yeah, year. Yeah, I think I'm just a fucking attention-seeking wee bitch. <laughs> That's why I said that. But you, you've seen her, right? Apparently, tell me. Yeah, well, I remember vividly being on the like the big windy road when you're going um out further than out further than doors. And I remember telling my mum that I saw Nessie and she was like, "Shut up," because my mum does not believe in the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> um, and I was like eight. But I did have, like, a history of, like, seeing things as a child. So maybe that's why she told me to shut up as well. Because there was one time we were on the train back from Aberdeen mm-hmm. to Inverness. Um, and it was nighttime. And I thought I saw a witch outside. So I tried to stand up to get her better look out the window. And I pulled the emergency stop brake on the train oh. <laughs> when I was trying to leave her myself up. <laughs> and then the train came to a halt. And then um, the, like, train, like, steward person came up and she was like, um can you control your child? (laughs) So, yeah, I guess my mum doesn't really believe me when I say I see things anymore because um, they usually end up in her getting in trouble. (laughs) I love how that, like, we were both the exact same, though, like, driving past Loch Ness and we're like, oh my God, I've seen Nessie. And my nana was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. (laughs) And your mum was like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my mum's not a bad person, by the way, everyone. Like, she just... uh, Kind of annoying. <laughs> it has to be said. And to be fair, if I was in the car with my mum or dad when I did that, they would be like, right, Rebecca, like, shut up. <laughs> like, you said you seen a unicorn like, last week. They would be like, aye, okay, and then turn the radio up. <laughs> <laughs> so, after the break, we're going to chat about, like, some of our historical stories about Nessie, and we're going to go through some theories um, about whether she's real or not. Oh my god, I was in the pub last night and had just been talking about this episode and then I Believe in You by Kyle Minogue came on. Like a wee queer guy. It was that, meant to be. That was behind me it had put it on. I literally, literally. Anyway. Visibly queer. He was visibly queer. He was drinking like a wee like rosé with ice. <laughs> he was like, I've put on some really bad songs after this one. I was like, aka the best songs I've ever heard. And then uh turns out he was right because he put Ed Sheeran on, so... <laughs> anyway <laughs> why would okay so why would a queer person do that i know i know i know i was like oh yeah sudden this isn't a safe space <laughs> um and just like okay, that okay before we get into it um yeah. i have a question for the culture okay. um is it okay for queer people to listen to ed sheeran i want to know like is it allowed no <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not um okay that's all um so my first story here is going to be it's a it's a historical one it's despite it not being like considered the Loch Ness monster in this time because like 
Obviously, the term was only coined later on. We have our first compulsive liar of the night. So uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, St. Columba. So he was an Irish priest who was like responsible for like the Christianization. The Christian Christianization? The Yassification. The Yassification. He was a Christian missionary. Yeah, he was in charge of the Yassification. He was the first person to actually play Kylie Minogue in Scotland and he actually wrote a song for her um called <laughs> I Believe in You based on this experience um about the Loch Ness Monster. Anyway, so what what had happened was basically he was on the banks of the River Ness looking out onto the loch before all of the like um urbanization it was like um somewhere where like pagans of the time would dwell or as the National Catholic Register referred to them as um heathens. um yeah no I I got a lot of this story from the National Catholic Register and it's like so bizarre to read it in terms of like um he they referred to him as like civilizing a lot of Scotland and Ireland and I was like what do you mean by civilizing (laughs) there's nine more civil than the Catholic Church (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a civil court case maybe um so basically he saw a group of um pagans dwelling by the river and they had like a dead friend and he was like what happened what happened and then they were like well there was this like huge serpentine monster in the lock that just killed our friend and so allegedly columba went out and like by the will of god told the monster you can't be here anymore and banished it but um i don't believe that that is the case as someone who has seen Nessie, I think that she beat him and she went back with his tail his tail between his legs, but that's neither here nor there. And I do believe him to be a compulsive liar. Because he he claims to have defeated many monsters in Scotland and I'm like, how many can there be? You know? Yeah. You can have beaten them all. But yeah, I'm mainly angry at him for saying that he defeated Nessie. Like, I don't think she could have... Understood English? Happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't be here anymore. And she was like, all right, using her interdimensional dialect and just like making sound frequencies or whatever. Speaking of yassification of Scotland, um, <laughs> <laughs> our next story relates to infamous boy bottom Alistair Crowley. Um, <laughs> and so another like a, a theory of how Nessie came to be in the in the net in Loch Ness is because. As we were, as we spoke about before, uh, in Boleskin House, um, when he was opening up all his like magic, apparently because he forgot to close off one of his spells, um, one of the demons escaped and now lives in Loch Ness. So Nessie is actually a a hell demon. I would just like to point out, Liam, that this was not a popular theory, and that we came up with this. <laughs> In episode one, no. like we literally bullshit. No, this no, is this is actually this is a theory. I watched is a documentary. Shut I watched up. a documentary a long time ago. I genuinely thought we came up with this. <laughs> I thought we came up with it too, and then I I literally watched a documentary. I'll, I'll find the name of it and we'll put it on the website. But I watched a documentary and I was like, shut up. <laughs> but <laughs> we're actual cryptozoologists. Yeah, <laughs> what the we're, fuck? We're trendsetters. Although so, the documentary, I feel like possibly came out after our episode so maybe someone listens to our podcast and um was using us as a source oh god <laughs> <laughs> i fucking hope no that should never happen <laughs> especially you should no not be allowed, you should not be allowed to be a journalist if you're using us as a source that's just 
fact. So, do you have any other popular theories of? Yeah, I wanted theories? to talk about some theories. Two seconds, because I threw my notes on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was done, but I'm not. Um, so basically, the popular theories, um, for like the tinfoil hat kind of people is that. You can't see Nessie all the time, and she's not there all the time because she hides in the sea tunnels in Loch Ness. Um, yeah. Which is, like, fair. Like, if she wants peace, she could just go and chill. Yeah. Um, in the documentary I saw, though, I mean, there are so many tunnels, so it's, like, mm-hmm. impossible to explore them all simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But in the documentary I saw, they were, like, pretty much, like, think they have disproved this because, like, DNA samples they've taken from all the cabins. Yeah, that's their big thing right now, trying to prove that she's real or no real by just testing the water for like dna although i don't know like they don't even yeah, know what she is so, so much, like <laughs> why do we why do we put so much um, money into researching this like why don't we just believe believe me yeah yeah i i don't know like that's like people dedicate their life to disproving it and also dedicate their lives to actually proving it yeah i feel like there's a better use of your time yeah i think these people are like really <laughs> hyper fixated and like I don't know, really divorced because I could not imagine. <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's a certain degree of fixation there that's unhealthy, not completely typical. No. Um, no. Um, another theory is that she's actually a giant eel or like a kind of like water snake kind of thing, um, rather than the plesiosaur that people say she is. Am I right in saying that it's a plesiosaur? Yeah. And also, I want to, like, address that why it's so scary that it could be an eel. Because, like, eels can eels can go on land. Eels can survive for a very long time oh. on land. Like, they, they've been seen to go, like, through... Well, longer than normal fish. They've been seen to, like, go through grass to get from, like, one side of a river to another. Ooh, I hate that. Because uh, I was going to yeah. say, I was like, oh, she can't be an eel because she went in front of that person's car. Yeah, but... <laughs> exactly. When you were saying that and when he said there was no feet, I was like... Oh, maybe it is an eel. Maybe it is an eel. <laughs> like, I would throw... If I saw an eel that size, I would throw up. It would be like the worm from June. Like, that is oh. disgusting. <laughs> like, uh, speaking of June, still don't like that movie. Yeah, still do. <laughs> I, I watched it again, illegally. You can... Uh, I, not illegally. I streamed it. Um, illegally. Um, and it, it's not better the second time. It's actually worse. Um, I was going to say... I have that phobia, like, even when I'm in a swimming pool, like, when I'm swimming around that some, something's going to come and touch my leg, and it's always eels that I imagine are swimming around. Oh, so I could like not him. imagine, because I've been to doors a few times, and I couldn't imagine just getting into yeah. that water and swimming around. Cause yeah, because you can't see anything. No, no, that, what is that phobia called? Like, there's loads of TikToks about it that make you feel worse. Well, it's like, um, it's like, um, what do you call it? Um, series of unfortunate events where the, remember when they're at, like, the, you can't eat and go in the water or the whatever they're called. Eat oh, you. yeah, yeah. Nah. Nor. <laughs> Why did you say nor? <laughs> nor. Just the thought, just nor. the thought, um, just the thought of eels in general. Sorry, eels, but. <laughs> yeah, no offense to no eels, but you. So, another theory. Well, I don't know if this is you could call this a theory, is that she's no real and that everybody made it up. Uh, or that, like, one person made it up, a.k.a. Aldi Mackay, uh, yeah. and then it just spun out for their folk wanting to get in on it. That's theory, that's just being yeah. wrong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just incorrect. Like, if so many people have seen 
the Loch Ness monster, then who are you to say it doesn't exist? Yeah, yeah no, you're so right. So then exactly. that's that is my that's my last theory is that she's one hundred percent real, and you can't see her all the time because she's an interdimensional being, kind of like. What? Kind of yeah. like um, how Bigfoot and stuff are said to like exist on like like another dimension, and that they cross over sometimes. <laughs> I'm I'm about this. We're on our tinfoil hat shit this episode. She's a psychic being, and she appears in Loch Ness sometimes. Yeah, and you can only <laughs> see her if you're on like a higher vibration. I guess. Yeah, but, Aldi uh, Mackay was on no. the highest vibration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. But um, in the documentary, I think maybe I shouldn't call it a documentary. It was probably more like um, History Channel nighttime sort of. Um, Smoke a big vibe. doobie and watch this. Yeah, like um, Aliens Built the Pyramids sort of <laughs> documentary, quote unquote. Um, because it was like, um, scientists have pretty much disproven every theory except for that she's an interdimensional <laughs> being. <laughs> And exactly, so they, they, they can't disprove that, so that means she's real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So who are you to disprove it, you know? So um, until we understand string theory a little better, we have no proof whether or not Nessie exists. I mean, uh, when I was younger and now, because it's fun, I think she's real. She holds the tourism industry in this country up. <laughs> yeah. Like her, her an Outlander. <laughs> Ugh, Outlander. Speaking of Outlander, um, everyone listened to Film um, Query podcast. They did an episode on Outlander recently, and it was actually really good. And I liked it because I can't watch Outlander because it's trash, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and so they watched it so we don't have to. Yeah. Which I enjoy. They're doing good work. Like, yeah. Putting themselves through that <laughs> for yeah, you. They're, they're part. They're part of our Brooklyn podcast mafia at this point. <laughs> this nepotistic little circle we've created. Um, but that that's Nessie. I mean, we could have been here all day just getting you like every single sighting of Nessie. But they're all kind of like similar to Aldi McKay's and there's people driving past a lock and then like someone's rolling around in the water. There's another one where um, Nessie runs in front of a guy's motorbike and like he nearly crashes. I think. <laughs> Um, that's quite a famous well, one, like the motorcycle, the motorcycle um, witness. But it's really, it's really similar to that um, George Spicer's one, where it's like he, yeah. Nessie runs in front of his car or his motorbike and then like scurries into the water, like where we feet patting on the ground. <laughs> I don't know why the thought of Nessie running is so funny to me, but like first, first. <laughs> Like she's got the secretary walk. (laughs) 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 Anyway, remember to follow us on Twitter at the Creepy Wee Pod, Instagram at the Creepy Wee Podcast, and our website at thecreepywepodcast.co.uk. If you have any sightings in essay, you can email us at thecreepywepodcast at gmail.com and we'll read them out in our next episode. So if anybody's got a really good one, please let us in. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. 
The Army's artificial intelligence defeats over 1,800 cyber attacks every month. But only a soldier can spot new forms of attack. Like the beeps your brain's noticing right now. As you subconsciously scan for patterns. Until you know. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've found something. Nothing can do what a soldier can do. Army. Recruiting now. Search Army Reserves. Sam Mendes presents Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens, an audible original drama. The young gentleman's name would be... Oliver. Oliver Twist. With Brian Cox as Fagin. What have you seen? Speak, boy! Nicola Coughlin as Nancy. And Daniel Kaluuya as Bill Sykes. Don't look at me like that! I know the man I am! I love you, With original music by Dan Gillespie-Sells. Subscription required. See audible.co.uk for terms.